Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Happy Tuesday, and welcome to season five of the podcast. Y'all, I am so excited to introduce to you this new season some new teacher people who are doing great things in the world of education. I'm also going to be doing quick teacher tips and advice in these mini-sodes that I've been doing lately, and for the first time ever, I'm also going to incorporate some live coaching sessions as part of this season. Today, though, I'm going to give you an excerpt from my course, Kickstart Your School Year. Now, before you turn it off, I know the school year has already started, and yes, this course is designed to help you kickstart your school year, but the things that I talk about in the course are valuable any time of the year. While I would always recommend starting your year out organized, sometimes it doesn't happen, but the good news is you can do it even in the middle of the year. It may take a little bit longer, and you may have to scale things down a bit, but it's never too late to get started. I've heard tons of teachers talk about their stressors when it comes to organization in the classroom, and I'm wondering if any of these sound like you. Are you the teacher that walks into our classroom and feels completely overwhelmed with all there is to do, and instead of focusing on one thing and doing it really well, you jump from task to task to task without any plan? Yes, that's me. Or do you see all the pictures on Instagram and Pinterest or talk to your teacher friends who seem to have their classroom plan together? and everything's ready to go and you're sitting here thinking, where do I even start? Or maybe you're the experienced teacher who knows what to do, but somehow each year it's November and you're still missing crucial parts of your classroom. There's so many things to do at the start of the new year. Or maybe you're a brand new teacher, so excited for this first year in your own classroom, but you also feel completely overwhelmed with what to prioritize and what to let go. Well, I'm here to help. That's what I created this course for. My first year of teaching was really great, and that's because I was in an amazing master's program that had professors, mentors, and colleagues there with me the entire way, sharing their ideas, telling me what to do, when to do it, comforting most of my fears, but they didn't make those first day of school nightmares go away, which, by the way, I'm still having those in Germany, and it's my second year not teaching in the traditional classroom. Anyways, I think those must just come with a job. But y'all, I want to do that for you. I want to hold your hand. I want to help you along the way. Let me share what I've learned in my years of teaching in relation to classroom organization and management. I'm here to tell you what to prioritize and what to let go of. So here's a sneak peek of the first lesson on avoiding teacher burnout. Keep in mind, it is an audio that I extracted from the video that's on the course. So if you're more of a visual person, you can head to the show notes and I will link it in there. But otherwise, here we go. We're going to start out by talking about how to avoid burnout. And the first thing I want to show you is this graph of first year teachers. And I know not everybody in on this course right now is a first year teacher, but I think that this graph is really indicative of every teacher, whether they are brand new to teaching or a veteran teacher. We all go through these stages every single year of the excitement, anticipation at the beginning of the year, survival mode, disillusionment where we don't even know which end is up, to finally getting a little bit rejuvenated after the testing season has died down and we've had a couple breaks, and then of course into the reflection time over summer and then back into being excited about a new school year. I wanna make sure that you know that these are all normal feelings as a teacher so that you can be intentional about when you start to feel these feelings 
about working in time for yourself so that you can still stay excited and motivated about your job. A few different ways that you can avoid burnout. Make sure that you are not staying at school every single day until five or six o'clock. You need to have days that you leave on time. So in my school, the time that you could leave was 340. That was when our contract ended from 710 to 340. And there were many days where I left right at 340, right at four. But there were also days that I stayed late when I knew things were coming up and I would stay till five or six, but I would only do that every once in a while. So I would encourage you to choose days, depending on if you're an early bird or you're a night owl, what days are you going to come in 30 minutes, an hour early? What days are you going to stay late? And then set timers for each day of the week to keep you on track so that you are leaving on time and you're not staying and overworking yourself every single day. Another thing I love to share is to theme your days. So schedule time after school and during your conference period, pick a theme for what you're going to be doing during that time. So you can see here is my theme for all of my days. On Mondays during my conference period, I was getting anything prepped for the upcoming week that I didn't get to finish last week. On Tuesdays during my conference period, I was in PLC days. You can also see Tuesdays were my days to stay late. So those were the days I would stay till five or six o'clock. But the rest of the days, I was leaving around 3.40 or 4. Wednesday was always my lesson planning days, as well as Thursday if I didn't get done with it. And then Friday was the day I was preparing all my my materials for the upcoming week. So I didn't have to stress about when was I going to lesson plan? When was I going to find time to do this? Because I already knew when those things were happening. It also helps you mentally prepare for the things you don't like to do. For example, grading. That is something that you can work into your schedule and you know when you're going to do it. So you can kind of dread it and know that it's coming, but then know that it's going to be done as soon as for example, Monday afternoons were open. So that could be my time to grade. And I know that once after Monday afternoon is done, I'm done grading for the week. I don't have to think about it again. Number three, use your personal days. I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a second because I'm really passionate about teachers being intentional about taking time off for themselves. This doesn't mean you're taking off every single week, but find out how many personal days you have and then figure out how you're going to use them. Are you going to use them once every grading period, once every semester, what are you, what's going to be your criteria for taking time off? And real quick, I'll share a story about my last year of teaching. When we found out that we were moving to Germany, I went to go look at how many days I had left over. And I think I had around 26 days left that I had accumulated from my first year of teaching when they were saying, don't take off because if you have a baby or if your kid gets sick, or if you have an accident, or something happens, and you need these days, you want to make sure that you have them. And yes, that is so important. But I got to the point where I didn't even take days off for fun. And so I left teaching with over 20 days that I lost, I didn't get paid out for them, I didn't get to use them because it was so late in the school year. So use your personal days. It's so worth it. My last year of teaching, I did. I finally got to the point where I felt comfortable using my personal days. And this picture here, you can see a cup of coffee, a hat, a book, and the beach. My husband and I went for 
Uh, I, t- I think it took off three days, and this wasn't some. This was the only time I ever did something like this in my teaching career. But it was so good for me to just take some time away and go enjoy time with my husband, enjoy time reading. I think I read like three books on that trip. So use your personal days. I want to tell you about one of my most favorite products that I use every single day my Cultivate What Matters Power Sheets Planner. You've probably heard me mention it before because I've talked about it on the podcast and I've written a whole blog about it. Essentially, Power Sheets are a goal planning journal, but they do way more than help you make the goals. They cause you to assess and evaluate your priorities. Laura Casey from Cultivate What Matters has put together this amazing planner. At the beginning of it, you have about 20 pages of self-reflection. Things like your big dreams for when you're 80, your ideas for the upcoming year. You identify boxes that you live in and ways that you can break out of them. You take time to really think through who you are and what you want to be about. And at the beginning of each quarter, you have the opportunity to rate different areas of your life, like your health, your friends, your spouse, finances, yada, 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 all the different things. And then you make goals based on everything that you uprooted about yourself. And then each month you create actionable steps to meet your goals and build your dreams. This is how I'm growing the Simply Organized Teacher. This is how I'm working on improving my marriage. This is how I'm growing my relationship with God. I've written down my huge God dreams and then broken them into bite-sized pieces that I can tackle each quarter, each month, each week, each day. If this sounds like something you want in on, then head to my website. I've got a blog all about it with pictures. I also will have the power sheets linked up on the resources page. So you can find all the things I'm loving right in one spot. So head to the simply slash resources to get your copy of the power sheets. Number four, map out your days. Now I know we talked about theming your days a minute ago, but this is a little bit more general over basically calendaring calendaring out your days. So what you have coming up both professionally and personally and making a plan so that you are spending an adequate amount of time at school that is needed. If it's a heavy work week that you're spending that time there, there's going to be weeks where you're going to have to stay every day till five or six o'clock because of whatever is going on. But then you need to make sure that you're either that week or that weekend or the following week taking a lot of time for yourself. So just be intentional. I think one problem that teachers get into is they don't have a plan going into the school year of what they're going to do when things get crazy, or they don't have a plan of when they're going to take time off. So they just keep working, 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 getting done what needs to get done. And that's where the burnout comes in. So please, 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 Once you get done with this module and you're thinking through what things you want to prioritize for this year, I really hope that including time for yourself will be in there, whether it's once a week, once a month. And I'm not saying taking off a day once a week, even if it's just an hour once a week where you're doing something for you, but map that out and put that in your calendar so that you know that it's coming and you have something to look forward to and so that you have that time to rejuvenate yourself. And the last thing I want to talk about is just positive influences and being sure that you are staying away from the negative Nancys. There's going to be those teachers at every school that all they want to do is complain, complain, complain. There's nothing wrong with complaining as long as you have a solution to provide. 
So stay away from the teachers who just want to complain. Make sure that you find teachers that you do feel comfortable venting and sharing your stress with, but also not airing your dirty laundry with everybody and keeping positive influences. Find those teachers at your school that are motivated and excited and want to share their ideas with you and latch onto those people because they are going to be what's going to take you to the next level in your teaching career. And also don't forget about online influencers. If you're following someone who stresses you out or makes you feel like you're not doing a good enough job, not because of anything they're doing, but even if it's a problem in your own heart of looking at these teachers doing all these great things and it makes you feel less of a good teacher, stop following them. Even if it's just for a little while, that's okay because those negative feelings are going to lead to that burnout and that's what we don't want. Don't forget, it's okay to say no. If you get asked to be on another committee, if you get asked to head something up, to be a club leader, it's okay to say no if it doesn't fit in with your priorities, with your goals, with your schedule. And to any new teachers that are listening to this or single teachers or teachers without kids, I really want you to practice saying no this summer so that when those opportunities arise for people to ask you to do stuff, because they will, they do, I think, take advantage or think that the teachers who don't have kids or family at home or the traditional family at home, that they can, they have the time to take on all these extra tasks and you don't have to, it's okay to say no. And lastly, let's talk about working on a holiday break. So I'm not against it because I did it a lot. Uh, but it is a quick way to burn out. So I want you to make sure that if you are working on holiday breaks, you're doing it in moderation, that you're setting boundaries for yourself, how many days you're going to go up over the break, how long you're going to go up during the, that time. Have a plan for what you're, you're going to do. We're going to talk here in a little bit about making to-do lists. So make a to-do list for your holiday work time and stick to it. Also with working on the weekends, especially your first year of teaching, you're going to have to work harder and longer than you will two or three years from now. So if you are going to go up on the weekends, limit it to one weekend a month or, you know, six hours a weekend or something like that to where you're not spending all your time there because again, you have so much excitement as a new teacher that you just want to go and work and do all this stuff because it's exciting and it brings you joy and that's great. But that hardworking, overworking routine is what's going to lead to burnout. So make sure that you have a plan in in place. And one thing I want to encourage you is to think when you're trying to decide if you're going to go up on a holiday or you're going to go up on the weekend, are you doing it out of joy because it's something you really want to do? Or is it more out of guilt or shame? Is this something I feel like I need to do because if not, I'm not a good teacher or I'm behind all the other teachers because they've been teaching for five years and they have all their materials ready for the upcoming week and I don't, therefore I need to go because otherwise I'm not a good teacher. Question if you're doing it out of joy or out of guilt. If it's out of guilt, it's okay to stay home. It's okay to take time for yourself. I just want you to remember that when the year gets going. All right. I will see you in the next lesson. Hey there. Thank you so much for being a supporter by listening to the podcast each and every week. I have a favor to ask. 
Every other week, I have on some pretty awesome teachers doing some great things in the education field, and I want as many teachers to hear about it as possible. I also share lots of strategies to improve on time management and classroom organization. Again, all things that I want teachers to hear and learn from. The best way to do that is by sharing the podcast. You can do that in a plethora of ways. If you're enjoying the podcast that you're listening to right now, or if there's a show in your mind that sticks out as a really helpful episode, then you can share that podcast directly from the podcast app. You can also snap a screenshot of the show that you're listening to and post it on social media. There's so many different ways that you can tell others about the Simply Teach podcast. Another way you can help me spread the word about the show is by leaving a rating and or a review. I'm sure you've heard this a million other times on other podcasts, so I'm sorry to bore you with it. But when a teacher goes searching for an education podcast, the ones that show up on the top of the list as recommended are the ones with the most downloads, the highest ratings, and the highest reviews. Those three things tell iTunes that the podcast is worth listening to. Thus, they reward the podcast by bumping it higher in the rankings. I have a tutorial saved in my Instagram stories with a visual. I just literally go through iTunes and show you exactly how to do it step by step, but it's really easy to leave a review. Just search for Simply Teach or You don't even have to do it for Simply Teach, any podcast that you love and want to review. Search for it on the iTunes app, and then you'll scroll down uh, to the bot. Like once you find the app that you want to rate and review, click on it, and then you'll scroll down to the bottom and you will see five empty stars. I would love it if you would click all five stars and give Simply Teach a five-star rating. And then right below that will be a space to write a review. It's simple. So to recap, share the podcast straight from the app on social media or simply just tell a friend about it. Then head over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. You can head to my Insta stories, highlight under podcast, and the rating review tutorial will be there. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at thesimplyorganizedteacher. Guys, I want to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you, so come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.